Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive Jim Rosenhouse, along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are taking on the Milwaukee Brewers this weekend. The Brewers with a 10 to 3 victory on Friday night. That was the series opener. And earlier this week, a four game series with the Twins, a struggle for the Indians as well. We'll get to our, our an abbreviated week in review shortly. But coming up later on in the show, we'll visit with Indians pitcher Trevor Steffen catcher Ryan LaVarnway about his Olympic experience. We'll also talk Velisano, which was held earlier on Saturday to raise money for cancer research. And we'll also have a minor league report with Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. So a lot to get to on this week's edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. And we begin with that week in review. Tough series for the Indians against the Twins. They dropped the first three games of that series with two shutouts in there. But on Thursday, the Indians bounce back. They salvaged the finale thanks to some great pitching from Cal Quantrill and the red-hot bat of Fran Mill Reyes. The 1-0 pitch. A swing and a drive to deep center. Back goes Gordon. This one gone! And Fran Mill Reyes has broken the Indians' drought of 25 consecutive innings without a run. He is the Indians offense in this four game series. He had a two run home run Monday night and he blisters a two run shot to dead center here tonight. And the Indians lead it two to one and Fran Mill Reyes with 28 homers and 74 RBIs. And maybe that'll get the Indians going. Indians went on to a four to one win over the Twins in that series finale. And we had a chance to visit with Fran Mill Reyes earlier in the week after a, a hot stretch against the Boston Red Sox that saw him go 
four for four on Sunday in the series finale at Fenway. And we asked him just how he gets locked in at the plate, especially when the game is on the line. I would say it's all, it was all about uh, me trusting myself. I talked to my coaches a couple of times, and I was like, what's going on? I don't know. Like, me personally, I was I was not understanding what was happening. Um, I remember the Victor Bambo saw the videos, and they told me that, like, they don't see anything in the mechanic. Like, it was nothing wrong. Like, if it was something wrong, it's in my mind. So, like, get it out. Like, trust in yourself and, and, and trust in what can you do and what can you be. That was the key um, of me going into the home play with, with a big trust, you know. So it, it, interesting that you say not mechanical, but approach-wise, I know you mentioned uh, talking with Tom a little bit earlier during the day just about trying to, to focus on going to right field and then letting everything else fall into place. Why is that so important for you to have that approach? I will say because there's a lot of pitchers that try to t- uh, pitch me away and when I'm thinking on pull the ball, all those pitches, I, like in my eyes, they look really far from the play. And I started like arguing with the umpires and all of that. And when I go to the dugout and I check up the iPad, like they're right in the, in the strike zone. Like some of them are borderline perfect pitches, but some of them are nice. They're like great pitches to hit, but in my mind, I think they're way outside. So when, when I have that approach, to drive the ball to the other way, the pitches that they throw for ball inside, now I don't swing it. I don't have to get jammed because I don't swing those pitches. They're ball. And the ones that I take in this past series against Kansas City and the first day in Boston, now I can get to it and drive it to the other way easily. You seem like one of the great teammates, and, and I know it just kills you when, when you're struggling because it, it almost seems like you take it personally that, that you're letting your teammates down. But the flip side is they love it when you come through. And, and what is that feeling when, when you've been struggling and then you finally can come through for your team? The biggest thing for me when I hit something for my team is I, I love going to the iPad, hit the, 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 home, the home play view. It's, it's a camera that's way high behind home plate you can see both dugouts and all that and i get to see my teammates reaction every time i do something special i love to see that so when those things happen like i feel i feel great um it, it motivates me to go out there and, and go to an, for another at bat and do something big for them again um, and like, like you said it like when there's big situation and my teammates are waiting for something i know i'm not perfect and and, and everybody strikeouts or, or hit a ground ball, whatever. But, you know, when some situation comes big, like you want to do something special for your team, and, and, and that's all about. Well, it came together a little bit over the weekend for sure. Fran Mill, always nice to have you along. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, bro. And it's Fran Mill Ray. It's always fun to visit with him, and it uh, looks like he's locked in and looking for a big final month of the season. When we come back, we'll talk pitching with Trevor Steffen. And Olympics with Ryan LaVarnway. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. A swing and a high drive, deep left field. It is leaving the ballpark again. Fran Mill Reyes, back-to-back days where he leaves the structure of Fenway Park. He has 26 on the year, and the Indians have a 4-0 lead here in the third. 
And Fran Mill Reyes may want to stay here in Boston a little bit longer. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Saifathon, the annual year-long event for saving big on home and auto insurance. These savings are available up until and straight through Labor Day, Halloween, Clover Cleveland's birthday, Taco Tuesday, the anniversary of the moon landing, White Chocolate Day. The sale literally never ends. You can come on Jupiter's Ascension, National Pisces Day, but not Leap Day. <laughs> Just kidding. We're doing Leap Day because every day is perfect for saving money with a home and auto bundle only at Progressive. But for real, we're not doing White Chocolate Day because white chocolate is gross. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Boy, at times, Stefan shows you some great stuff. He's got a chance to really be special in the Indians' bullpen in the coming years. Now the 2-2. Strike three called on a fastball. That is some kind of pitching by Trevor Stefan to keep the Indians in this ballgame. The rookie has done well again. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive Jim Rosenhouse. Back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians play the Brewers at 6-10 on Saturday night. And the series and homestand finale is Sunday afternoon at 1-10. Two more scoreless innings from Trevor Steffen in Friday night's series opener against the Brewers. Steffen, the hard thrower, was a Rule 5 draft pick this past offseason out of the Yankees organization. That means he's a, a young pitcher. He hadn't pitched above double A. And when teams select a player in that Rule 5 draft, they have to keep him on the major league roster all season or offer him back to the team they drafted him from. That is usually what happens for uh, pitchers and players who are selected in that Rule 5 draft. They, they eventually get offered back to the team that they were drafted from. But not the case with Trevor Steffen. He has gradually become more and more of a key figure in that Indians bullpen to the point where the Indians are using him in any type situation, including the key spots. And we asked him about that earlier this week when we caught up with right-hander Trevor Steffen. I mean, it means a lot. This has uh, been a great opportunity. It's something you had to earn. And just to, like, keep gaining trust in the uh, DeMarlo's uh, game plan and just come through for the team and pitching. Like, it's fun competing out there, especially when the game's on the line, uh, better energy. It's just it's been a fun experience. Ultimately, is it still just about executing pitches no matter what the situation? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, I mean, that comes down to executing in the big leagues. You have to execute. You know, it has some definitely some learning moments out there that I paid the price for and just try to, you know, learn as much as you can and move forward. You mentioned that, and, and Friday night in Boston, uh, you give up some runs, but then you're right back out there a couple of days later and, yeah. and you come back and throw well. How important is that to, to know that the confidence is there to, to get you back out? There? I mean, I feel like I've been throwing the ball well. Obviously, uh, that one 0-2 pitch to Schwarber, I, you know, that's really the pitch I struggled with. Uh, I tried to elevate it and obviously caught too much of the plate, and uh, those two runs came to score, I think. Maybe if I, who knows what happened later in that at bat, if I got that fastball at the top of the zone, maybe I didn't have to face uh, Renfro in the, later in the inning, you know. So just kind of learning from those mistakes and just, you know, keep staying confident. Trevor Steffen joining us, Tribe Relief Pitcher, and uh, always looking for new wrinkles, everybody is. And, and, and your splitter has come into play a little bit. And, and tell us uh, how that process works to add a new pitch at this level and have success with it. 
It's uh, set, it's the splitter by itself is a field pitch. You know, it's a hard one to command sometimes. And uh, early in the year, just uh, the confidence wasn't there. And now, you know, I feel like it's honestly a great uh, counter to lefties. And you know, I want to start mixing it into righties also. So. And I know Blake Parker has, has a great splitter, and he's been of, of help. How much help has he been, and, and can he be in that situation? He's been good. You know, in spring training, it started all the way back in spring training uh, before we even made the squad. We were talking splits and then uh, playing catch in spring training. And then just throughout the whole season, we've been, you know, staying in touch, talking, you know, what we feel, how it, how it comes out, and just uh, what counts to use it in, like, the right uh, time, you know. So it's been it's – been, uh, good to have that in my back pocket and just to bounce things off them. I know when you first made the club and then early in the season that we referred to you as a Rule 5 draft pick who has made the club. Uh, you think you can put that kind of in the back seat as part of the, part of the narrative now and just say, hey, I'm, I'm a part of a major league bullpen regardless of the circumstances that uh, that's now your thing and, and something you're good at? Yeah, I mean, I've always had my eyes set on that. You know, I want to, obviously I want to be a late inning guy here, you know. We got a great bullpen, you know, and uh, it's really just about earning that spot and, uh, you know, just showing up every day and taking care of your work. You mentioned great bullpen. Uh, how much of a difference does that make, having the arms around you that the Indians have? It's just it's a lot of fun, you know. It's like a competitive uh, environment. You know, we all, we're all friends. We all like competing and just like, you know, just trying to come out and, you know, have each other's backs and perform. Well, it's going well for sure. And, uh, Trevor, thanks a lot for coming Thank by. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. That's Indians relief pitcher Trevor Steffen. Now, also earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with Indians catcher Ryan LaVarnway. He's been up for a couple of weeks now. And earlier this summer, he had a chance to play in the Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan, as a member of Team Israel. And when we caught up with him earlier this week, we asked him, as a professional player, someone who's been in the major leagues off and on for an extended period of time now, did he ever dream that the Olympics would be part of his baseball experience? Uh, definitely not, uh, especially because baseball hadn't even been in the last three Olympics. Um, I guess the Olympics, I didn't realize it works kind of like a college curriculum where you have your, your core classes and your core sports, and then the host country gets to pick four elective sports. Uh, and since Japan is as baseball crazy as America is, baseball and softball were two of those sports, so baseball was back in it. And you're playing for Team Israel, and, and we talked earlier about getting citizenship and qualifiers and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, once you get all that squared away and you know you're a part of the team, what was it like for you when you first found out that, hey, I'm, I'm going to the Olympics? What, what was your reaction and, and how much did you have to talk to the Indians at the time to allow you to go? So, so Israel was the second team to qualify for the Olympics, believe it or not, since I think Israel's ranked 64th in the, in the, na the international world rankings. Uh, and Israel actually only has one true baseball field in the whole country. Uh, and it's you know it's the size of New Jersey, so th they had no business competing on, on the world stage. But just like in the World Baseball Classic in 2017, uh, it's pretty amazing what we can do when you get a bunch of guys together that really believe in themselves. Uh, so Israel qualified in in September of 2019, long before the pandemic was ever a thing, long before I was a Marlin and then a Indian and all the other teams I've been on since then. Uh, but. I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to be at, at that point in the season when the Olympics came. So I was, I was really excited for the prospect of it. But if I was in the big leagues at the time of the Olympics, I'm not eligible to play. So in the back of my mind, I was like, this, this crazy, unbelievable, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that might happen. 
and and you were up with the Indians for a little bit. So when it time goes by and, and you're back with Columbus, were, were you happy to be back in AAA? Which sounds crazy to say, but in in some strange way, were you happy? Uh, yeah, I remember when I so I had a conversation with the Indians front office staff, and they were like. They were getting ready for Anthony Ghost uh, to go to play for Team USA and our pitching coach, Rigo Beltran, to go coach for Mexico. And they had the conversation with me like, hey, are you wanting to go? Because the team well, you know, wants to support the players and, and help us with, you know, how can you say, no, you can't go to the Olympics? So they, they were going to give me permission, but they wanted to know if I wanted to go. And I said, of course, if, if it's not going to cost me a call-up. Because playing in the major leagues, you know, is, it's a life, life-changing life in its own right for other reasons. So I had the conversation of, yes, I want to go. And then Hedges got hit with a foul tip later that day. And that's how I ended up getting called up. So I got called up, and, and then my phone was blown up with all sorts of congratulations. Welcome back to the big leagues. Except for my teammates on Team Israel that were all like, oh, no, we could really use you. Um, so it's, it's been a crazy ride of emotions and and I'm, I'm super grateful for every opportunity I get to get back in the big leagues. And the timing just happened to work out where I could go to the Olympics too. And that right, the experience, forget about the games, but the, around the Olympic Village, all of that, what was that like for you? That, that was the coolest part. Um, and I was super glad we got there like eight days before our first game to almost get that out of our system, to get the, the awestruck, I can't believe we're at the Olympics. Look at all these other athletes. Look at this village. We got to take a picture in front of the rings. We got to, we got to get that all out of our system. But I'm, I'm so glad that I got to experience that because, being in the in the gym with all the other athletes and from all the other countries all around the world, or playing ping pong with South African water polo players, um, eating in the dining hall next to the French basketball team, like. These are things that I, you don't even think of when you think of playing in the Olympics. You think of the events, but those are the coolest parts. And in closing, you're, you're back in the major leagues with the Indians. Who knows how long all this lasts, and I'm sure you're at that stage of your career where you treasure every day. And, and what has this season meant to you to, to at least get some major league time again? Well, So I, I signed late this year. I signed after uh, pitchers and catchers reported. Um, so I'm even more grateful, but... The thing that's happened this year is I feel like my game is back, and I feel like I I can play to the potential that I've known that I've had for a long time. Um, where I was I was a big prospect coming up, I hit 30 homers, 120 RBIs for the Red Sox, and, and it's nice to feel like I still got it, and I and I think I have a lot of good baseball still in me. Well, thanks a lot for sharing about the Olympics and your career. I appreciate you coming by. Thanks. Boy, what an, an interesting story for Ryan Lavarnway, an opportunity to play in the Olympic Games this past summer in Tokyo. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this short break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Folks, this puppy isn't over. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. 
Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And not too far from Progressive Field, it's the staging area, the start-finish line for Velisano, the annual bike event that raises money to uh, find a cure for cancer. Cancer research, such a, a big thing for the Cleveland Clinic and uh, the funds that are raised through Velisano, the ride for a cure, uh, just tremendous over the years. It's the eighth annual edition. It happened earlier on Saturday. And uh, earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with the founder of Velisano, Stuart Cole, who talks about how it all got started back in 2014. Yeah, so the literally Velisano are the Latin words for speedy and cure. Um, and it, it says it all. We're looking for cures uh, now, today, soon, quickly, uh, that can save lives. The story behind it is that uh, back in 2014, when I joined the board of the Cleveland Clinic, I was very eager to find a way to make a, a real contribution. And I was delighted to find out that there was a cadre of folks there. It's just like in baseball, it takes a team, uh, maybe even a village to put something like this together. And there was a, a group of folks there who understood this uh, kind of unique model where we turned the, the bicycle, uh, something for recreation and health and exercise into a cancer fighting weapon. It's been done in other places around the country. I've participated in these types of rides now for almost 25 years. And um, we said, hey, why don't we have one in Cleveland? And, and from that uh, humble beginnings uh, arose uh, Velisano, uh, which today in our eighth iteration, which will be on the 11th of September, uh, is now encompasses thousands of riders and volunteers. Uh, and we've raised collectively uh, almost $25 million already. And I know you have quite a few partners, obviously I'm partial to one of them, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, <laughs> how, the Indians partnership, how important has that been to, to help growing this event? Jim, I, I literally cannot overstate the importance of the Indians. They were our first partner, our original partner. They are uh, were and remain our all-in partner. And I give uh, everybody in the organization from, from Paul Dolan on down tremendous credit here. They have uh, they've all really pulled their more than their weight. And when you start something like this, you know, no, when we started, nobody knew what a Velosano was. And having a, a partner with the credibility that the Indians bring, with the resources that the Indians bring, I think has, has really made all the difference. Uh, just to give you one example, uh, every year on our family fun ride, those folks, which in most cases in, include families with children, they get to ride inside and around Progressive Field. Where, where else in, in the world can you ride a bike inside a major league baseball stadium? And are you ready to ride? How, how far is your distance going to be on, on the 11th? I'll be riding 100 miles, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never ready, but I always finish. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not the first finisher. I try not to be the last one. We have some, some really fast riders. But I, I always want to remind folks that we really don't care whether you ride uh, 10 miles or 100 miles or, or participate virtually. Um, we don't really care whether you ride uh, 15 miles per hour or 20 miles per hour or uh, 10 miles per hour. Uh, what we do care about is that you join uh, in this community-wide effort uh, to, to fight cancer, to find cures now, uh, and that you um, open up your network to help us raise money. That $25 million that I talked about has come from literally tens of thousands of donors 
And I should say that now that we've been around eight years, we've had great success also matching that with, don uh, with uh, grant funding from places like the National Institutes of Health, uh, which have roughly doubled the $25 million we raised. Well, tremendous stuff. Good luck with your ride. I know it'll be a, a long day, but a fun day. And uh, Mr. Cole, thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, Jim, thank you. And uh, go Tribe and go Guardians. That's Stuart Cole, the founder of Velisano, who uh, talking about the early stages of the event that is now in its eighth season here in Cleveland. The Indians, they enter a team every year and, and raise a ton of money. And to fill us in on that, Indians Director of Baseball Information, Bart Swain, and uh, he did ride on Saturday morning, eighth time out of eight events that he took part in, and he talks about this year's team and how he originally got involved on the part of the Indians. Um, in the spring of 2014, uh, Paul Dolan and Curtis Danberg, um, who's my boss, and obviously Paul's my boss, came to me and asked uh, with my affinity for bike riding if I would be our uh, team captain for the Indians team. So uh, I, I did it in 2014, and it's kind of morphed into every year I'm the team captain. So uh, I think we started with 26 team members in 2014, and now we have 99. Um, so it's really uh, we've had a lot of riders that have come back every year on our team, um, and we have a lot of virtual first-time riders as well. 99 riders. I mean, where are they all coming from? Is it different parts of the organization, or, or can people from outside the team be a part of that? Honestly, it's mostly, you know, general public. Uh, I don't, I think we have four or five maybe internal riders, uh, including Paul and myself. Uh, Nelson, Nelson Perez is our assistant strength coach. He's done every one with Paul and I. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly, you know, fans, and they come back every year. I mean, they love our jerseys, they love, our, they love the movement. Um, they love the cause, and uh, we have a lot of loyal riders. And this year we have a lot of first-time riders, which is uh, what they call unique riders, which is uh, someone you, you really want a first-time rider and, and bring them back each year, and hopefully we can grow from here. And you're back on the streets, which last year you kept it going, but like everything else in the last year and a half, two years, it hasn't been easy yet. What did you do to keep it going and then get back as a, an actual ride this year? Well, last year we had we had gotten off to a tremendous start in 2020 fundraising and team members. I think we had 70 team members in March or April when, you know, kind of everything went off the rails. Uh, and uh, they ended up moving it to a virtual event, I would say, in early May. Um, and we had a lot of uh, riders that actually did a little race down in the uh, Rocky River Metro Park. They did like a 12-mile route. Uh, we had... Uh, probably like 45 people meet their fundraising goals when which didn't exist last year uh, so those people got like a special 2020 jersey and then I made 2021 jerseys special for them because they had already gotten the 2020 so um, it's, it's a really neat movement. Bart Swain the Indians director of baseball information has spearheaded that from an Indian standpoint the Indians heavily involved Cleveland Clinic so many others um, are such a big part of this and, and Bart when, when they asked you to do it you mentioned Paul Dolan and, and Curtis Danberg asked you to do it eight years ago. Could you have imagined that the amount of funds that would come in for this cause as it is now today? No, I, I think you know the first year we raised uh, forty or fifty thousand as a team with those twenty-four, twenty-five people, and this year we're at ninety-nine. And I checked this morning, we're over two hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars. Just our team alone. 
Uh, and I think through the eight years, we're at like 1.3 million uh, for our whole. Just the Indians team. Just the Indians team. 1.3 million over eight years. Uh, and you think about it, it's just, it brings me so much joy and pleasure uh, knowing that that's going 100% uh, towards fighting cancer. And if people want to contribute, they can do that just going online? Yeah, I would search, uh, I would go on the velisano.org uh, or through the clinic website and just search Indians. And then our team will come up, and uh, you can donate right to our team. And you're doing the 50-miler on Saturday. Yeah, I got the e-bike all charged, ready to go. <laughs> Wait a minute, the e-bike? <laughs> I thought you said you were doing the real one. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I did 43 last night to kind of get the legs loose and get some hills in. It gets very hilly on the east side in that Chagrin Valley, so you better be ready. All right, so you're doing 50 miles Saturday. Who's doing baseball information Saturday? <laughs> I think I'm doing it Friday night and then Saturday at noon after I uh, unmelt myself. <laughs> well, hey, it's for a great cause. And, uh, Bart, thanks for all your efforts over the years. And uh, thanks for coming by today. Thanks, Jim. That's Bart Swain, the Indians Director of Baseball Information and a key figure on the Indians team in Velisano, which was held earlier on Saturday, the 8th annual event, Ride for a Cure, as, uh, again, it's raising money for cancer research from the Cleveland Clinic. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Sure, the players bring some skill to the game, but if I don't put them in my lineup, who cares? Not me. I'm Eric Rubino, fantasy baseball GM and league runner-up two of the last nine years. I use the progressive Name Your Price tool with options based on my budget. And for a guy that's used to being in control, it fits. Like this runner-up t-shirt. Champ gets a trophy, but you can't wear a trophy. Boom. Get options based on your budget with progressive, even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues. You can catch our show each week on the Indians radio network. Usually it drops on a station near you at some point in the day on Saturday. You can also listen to the show on Indians.com. All the archived editions are there, and it also comes in podcast form shortly after the show airs wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Well, the Indians minor league system continues in full swing, which usually time of year is not the case. But with some changes to minor league baseball, particularly the schedule, which was moved back this year due to COVID at the beginning, all of minor league baseball continues throughout much of the month of September. We caught up with James Harris, the Indians vice president of player development, and uh, we talk Akron this week at the AA level. But before we do that, James explains the changes in the schedule for minor league baseball and how it can benefit players on different levels in the Indians farm system. Yeah, the AAA level, the schedule pretty much mirrors the regular season of what's happening in Cleveland, which allows those guys to give support to our major league team through the end of the year. From AA down uh, at the full season clubs, there is the opportunity to play in the playoffs. So we have two teams, both Akron and Lake County, battling to the end for playoff opportunity, which is exciting for them and for us. Uh, as these guys look to play some winning baseball. 
Well, and Akron uh, hovering around that 30 games over the 500 mark, so uh, they've been playing really good baseball. Pitching always a key. And uh, let's start with, with two pitchers acquired at the trade deadline in Peyton Battenfield and Connor Pilkington. Uh, both seem to have adjusted very well to a new organization. And, and before we get into to what they've done and what's been impressive, uh, what do you try and do uh, to help them make that adjustment? And it, can it be a, a pretty big adjustment going from one organization to another? It, it can be. I mean, earlier in the year, they were in another organization. They were in a different city, different teammates, different coaching staff, different philosophies. Um, and then they come over to our team and we have to learn from them. It's like, what has gone right in your career? What types of things do you like to do as you prepare, especially for a starter on a five-day rotation? Um, how can we support you in that? And then what, what type of information can we provide you as you continue to sharpen your arsenal and develop? And, and what has stood out to you? I know Pilkington's numbers have, have really taken off uh, since joining the Indians organization. But first, Pilkington and then Battenfield, what stood out to you for them? What's interesting about, about both of them is they're, they're both really mature guys that have taken ownership in their career and their routines, and and they they really try to understand the information about themselves and other hitters to get guys out. They're great teammates. Um, it, it's interesting is that when you talk about one, we tend to talk about both of them. We need to do a better job of separating them so we can give them some individualized attention, but both of them have, have come in as uh, as mature pros and like they've been here a long time. Another pitcher recently traded for last summer, Joey Cantillo, and uh, I know he's had to battle through some things to to just get on the mound. Where does he stand, and how has has he done to come back from some injury issues this season? Well, Joey really attacked rehab, and every time I was in Arizona and saw him, he he would always look at you and say, "Hey, I'll be ready to go soon," and I'm working really hard down there, and and that that was echoed by the staff of how hard he worked to get back. Now he's back in Akron started with more of a role out of the out of the pen because he wasn't really stretched out as a starter but he's started to add um a little bit more workload his velocity is up than from what it was before we're really excited about what joey's doing right now and you have a, a pitcher named logan allen down there who's put up some good numbers uh, but it's not the logan allen that, that we've seen uh, really come into his own at the major league level in recent starts uh how about the logan allen who's at double a uh, could he be on his way to make it a double logan allen rotation maybe at some point in the big leagues well he's, he's definitely making a fight for that we're calling him 2.0 and uh i think he would have an argument there he might want to be 1.0 pretty soon uh he's working his tail off he's he's having a lot of success down there in double a and but and he started earlier earlier the year in in high a and as he's started to develop and and his stuff is starting to mature it's been really interesting to kind of to see him out there on the position player side james bo nailer uh catching at the double a level at at a, at a pretty young age and i know sometimes you, you look at numbers whether it's hitting or or how they do throwing out opposing base stealers uh what is it about bo naylor that that has stood out this season maybe that's a little bit deeper than the numbers well Bo's played a lot of post high school baseball so he played international ball he came and played with us he played a little bit in the summer um so Bo's a really mature guy even though he's only 21 years old in, in double a he handles the pitchers really well, communicates well. Um, defensively, he's as advanced as anyone we would have in our in our system at any level. So he's not he's not behind the a ball at all in that regard. Um, the offense is starting to catch up though. We're really excited about what he's doing there. He's hitting the ball hard. He's swinging at better pitches. Um, those are things that are are going to translate to 
to upper levels, and he's starting to improve in those areas. And a couple of position players who I feel like we've talked about for a while but are still on the young side, and, and talking about Brian Rocchio and George Valera, uh, how are they coming along now at the double-A level, and are they still young for their level of play? Yeah, those guys are only 20 years old. Really exciting players to watch have been names in our system for a few years, so that's why it's odd to just feel like they're only 20 years old. But they're really exciting. Exciting. Rocchio, who's played shortstop, but has also spent some time at second and third, um, and is, is growing into some power a little bit. He's getting, he's gained a little bit of weight. I mean, hitting the ball harder. Some of those balls are, are leaving the park. It's been exciting to see him play. And uh, one other position player to, to touch on before we go, Will Brennan. Uh, I don't know that we've talked about him in the past, and, and how has, or what has he done to kind of break through and get on the radar a little bit? Well, Will entered our system from from college, so he was a mature guy coming in. Um, you didn't really hear about him, mostly because the year that he would have had his first full season didn't exist. So now that we're coming back on the, on the backside of that, he's a mature hitter, plays can play all three positions in the outfield. Um, he's a really exciting guy, guy to watch and, and brings energy to the game. And, and along those lines, as we wrap it up, uh, you mentioned not having played last year and and for some of these players that they were at the alternate site, but a lot of them were not. And and how are you seeing players hold up just generally in the system as they get deeper into things and get back to playing a full season of baseball, which I'm sure they have looked forward to? Yeah, early on, we saw a few injuries on the position players and the pitchers, and we were thinking like, hey, without them having the full workloads from last year, it was a little bit of a spike in workload this year. So we saw a few injuries. And then with that, at the very beginning of the year, like saw a little bit of sloppy play, but that the managers cleaned that up right away. They really got in, start teaching these guys the game and, and really digging into the, the the daily grind of the season in a positive way, meaning like getting their work in, working on their phys- physical development, as well as their strategy and decision making in the game. Well, it's great to see them have that opportunity again and, and get back to a semi-normal uh, workload in the course of a regular season. James, as always, thanks a lot for stopping by. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me. That's James Harris, the Indian Spice President of Player Development, and that will do it for this edition of Tribe Talk. Always thanks to Brian Motze for all of his help putting together our show each week, and thanks to all the great guests that we had Uh, along with us this week as well. Until next weekend, when we join you from New York and Yankee Stadium, this is Jim Rosenhaus reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.